one, go. Hello, Bruins fans, and welcome to episode 62 of Bruins Beat, brought to you by CONS Radio. I'm Mike with Joe and Jason, as always, and I just wanted to say that this show is being sponsored by Blue Apron. Blue Apron is the number one fresh ingredient recipe delivery service in the country. Blue Apron's mission is to make incredibly home cooking accessible to everyone. Blue Apron achieves by this by supporting a more sustainable food system, setting the highest standards for ingredients, and building a community of home chefs. Uh, some other things about Blue Apron is that it's affordable, less than $10 per person per meal. Blue Apron delivers seasonal recipes along with pre-portioned ingredients to make delicious home-cooked meals. They have a variety of options to choose from. It's easy and it's guaranteed. Check out this week's menu and get your first three meals free with free shipping by going to blueapron.com slash Bruinsbeat. You will love how good it feels and tastes to create incredible home-cooked meals with Blue Apron, so don't wait. That's blueapron.com slash Bruinsbeat. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. And for the past about 10 weeks, that was probably the highlight of the show. Yeah! Was the Blue Apron part of the episode. Was that It was the highlight, and it was the only positive feedback part of the show. But, guys, this week I have seen a Bruins team transform into a team that I have no idea what the hell I just watched for three games. I have no clue. You have Adam McQuaid out there looking like a Norris Canada trophy. He's sneaking in back door with well, one-timers. You have Kevin Miller looking like an absolute stud out there in a solo defense. You have Shara out there dangling defensemen and shooting the top corner on Carey Price. Oh I mean, you, they have the power play, whipping the puck around, making these tape-to-tape passes, backdoor, wide-open goals. I mean, holy smokes. I mean, I know it's only three games. I'm not trying to get too far ahead of myself. But, you are. But this is what we've been crying for for so long about – Look, I don't want to make it seem like that Julian, Julian was the problem. He's a good coach. Right, as, you can, as, you, as you can see, he's already landed on his feet. We'll get to that a little mm. bit later. We'll get to that a little bit later. But this is what all, all that I've been saying. Just get a new coach in here. Get someone new that can change the landscape of this team. And you've been seeing it in these past three games. The Bruins went 3-0 this week. I, th- I thought they were going to go 0-3 or 1-2 at best. Yeah, we all did. I predicted 0-3 with a lot of voice I had last week. I went 0-3. Now and they went three and zero, and, and with with Bruce Cassidy as the coach. And look, I I know it's three week games, and I don't want to get too excited and you know overblow this, but it's just refreshing to see an exciting brand of Bruins hockey for once in our life, for once this season. I've but that's the games, thing. I watched those three games, and I was literally jumping for joy, and it was exciting. The young players are playing. Cassidy has them playing more offensive. I mean, it's it's great. And. I haven't. I can't tell you the last time I've, I've enjoyed three, three Bruins games in a row. And when's yeah. the last time the Bruins have kicked the crap out of Montreal? Seriously, uh, it's been a while. Oh, yeah. And you know, for me, U.S. first win at home against Montreal in his career. In his career, the Garden was actually electric on Sunday. They were chanting Carey Price's name. The Garden hasn't been like that in probably three years. Oh, oh my God. It was, it was like 2014. That was like when the you know the Bruins won a couple of games in that series against Montreal. Mike uh, and Jason. I mean, honestly, I used to like dread watching the games. I looked forward to them. In that Montreal game, that was I don't know if you saw my uh, Facebook live feed. I was out of my mind. I was like drinking beer, listening to heavy metal music. I was. Happy. That was a beautiful. That was their, one of their best games in probably three years. And even against and even against Vancouver and the Sharks too, like it's exciting. They're scoring goals, and you're looking yep. at it, you. You go, what? Is, who is this team? 
it's a brand new style of hockey that we haven't seen before in Boston. And that, you know, for me, and this is when I think about it, I go all the way back to 2007, 2008, when I first started watching the Bruins again, when Claude Julian first began to coach, how exciting that new brand of hockey was. Yep. And how over the years, that brand of ho hockey changed, and Claude Julian couldn't keep up, and that message got stale. Amen. It was three years overdue for the Bruins to fire Claude Julian, because the play was stale. There oh, was no identity. And yes, they've done great so far with Cassidy coming in. It's been exciting to watch. It's been fun to watch. I'm rooting for Cassidy, whether or not the Bruins make the playoffs, just because of the fact that I would like to see him succeed. And it seems like the players are responding to that. Yeah, the players are responding to Cassidy, and you can see it. Like, you, like Krejci's even saying, like, we're just going out there and playing. Vertrano's like, we're not worried about mistakes. And I think that's something that Claude Julien obviously was a big component on. Like, when these young players made a mistake, they'd be benched. And I remember Saturday, Pashnik scored the game-winning goal, but he was, he had a rough game all the way up until he scored that goal. He was turning the puck over. He got uh, he had two turnovers that led to Vancouver goals, but he ends up scoring the game-winning goal. And if he, if that was Claude Julien, Pashnik would have been benched. And, and Cassidy had Pashnik out the very next shift. Exactly. And that's him. That's one of the big, Mike, that's one of the biggest things I noticed. Yeah, you have to have both these players make mistakes in – and forget about it. Like, that's what you have to do. That's what other teams do. And Claude wasn't doing that. And uh, and uh, that's not saying Claude wasn't a good coach. He is a good coach. And I respect Claude. But he I'm couldn't make the change done. with the younger I'm players. The, I'm happy with what he's done in Boston. Like, winning, a, bringing a cup back to Boston. Obviously, 10, he had, I should say, eight good years. The past two years have not been great. But it's, he's a good coach. Claude Jones is a good coach. But it was just time to move on. Hockey yes. coaches don't last 10 years in and actually, I don't know if you guys have noticed it this year, too, in the NHL. There's been, like, five coaching changes in the NHL this year. Yep. And every time that the team has got rid of their old coach and brought in a new coach, the team has played better <laughs> and responded to that new coach. Like Islanders, I, yeah. Islanders uh, St. Louis. Wow. And I don't think that's a coincidence because it's just a voice goes still, and you need a kick in the ass. And that's what the Bruins got. And I think Cassidy is actually preaching more quality offense, like, Remember how the Bruins would have, would have like forty shots a game, but you look at it and you go, they had forty shots because they would be like garbage. They'd be garbage shots, but now they're they're getting quality opportunities. They're going to the dirty areas. They just they're doing better offensively under Cassidy, and I think that like Jason said earlier, the, the team the Bruins have right now, I think fits Cassidy's style of play more hey, than Mike. Look, Mike Jack Edwards brought this up during one of the pregames. So I guess this was a benefit of me being sick. I was able to watch the pregames. What Cassie is doing is he's forcing the defenseman to go lower, and they're they're keeping they're not they're not they're not passing the puck back to the point. They're trying to keep it in the offensive area inside the red circles, which is leading to shots on net, which is leading to the bodies in front of that, which is leading to the puck going in. It's a big change and it's noticeable. And I watched it and I watched all three games. You very rarely saw, saw passes going back to the point. Well, you know, another thing, too, is, like, what was Cassie thinking as an assistant coach? <laughs> He's like, oh, God, what are we doing this? We're still doing this? We're doing this style play? So, I, you know, I, I, I watched the games, and I guess Krug's going in the corners, mucking it up, passing out the back is for a goal. I mean, every the, the team looks like – Kevin Miller um, making big uh, plays. Scored, that's, McQuaid scored. Shower was, like, uh, circa, you know, 2011. I mean, it was just, it was nice. Even Hayes' looked good. Chara, it took a look. Jimmy, oh my God, Jimmy Hayes looks good. If he can make a lump of, of feces play well, then he may become, we become the Bill Belichick of uh, hockey. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. But, um, 
It is Cassie forever, guys. Gentlemen, hashtag Cassie forever. So you're going to trademark that or something. You've been saying that since it. day one. I'm gonna I'm gonna t- make- or get, get someone to make a t-shirt for you because you've been doing that since day one. You've been calling – you've been like Cassie forever right when they hired – well, when they hired, when they promoted him from the assistant coach, you were like Cassidy forever. Yeah, started- and I, you know, I was I was being a little facetious at the beginning, but you know, after they beat Montreal, I'm like, ooh, I'm buying into this full, you know, hook, line, and sinker. Here's the thing, and I even said it too. I'm like, say they fall short, they're behind the eight ball. Let's not lie. Still, if they fall short and they just at least give us some competitive, fun to watch hockey for the next month and a half, I'll take it. I just want to be engaged. Like, I don't know how many games – how many percentage-wise, guys, how many of those Bruins games prior to Cassie coming on did you almost fall asleep? I well, would say 85 I didn't even really watch them, no offense. I was tired yeah, of watching I, that product. I put it I put it on the background. I look up. I actually shot the commentary because Jack Edwards just makes my ears bleed. But I would put on music. I would be on my computer. I'd look up and see the scores, and nine out of ten times it wasn't positive. So – um, well, how many times did we do this show and it was the same crap over and oh, over again? Where it'd be like, oh, that game was tough to watch, or like, oh, that game was terrible. Of course, the Bruins blew that one. Oh, of course, they lost to this team. Oh, yeah, they gave up two points there. Yep, of course. What else is new? And we'd Got come it. in, it would be the same show. It would be pretty much the same show, just a different, uh, instead of episode 59, it was 60. Instead of 60, it was 61. It was the same crap over and over again. Guys, you know, I love I love you guys like third cousins, but, uh, you know, after a while, I was like, we, we got to do the same show again. We might as well just hit it on loop and just do, like, uh, Nick at Night and just have, just have reruns because that's exactly what this was. It was, But, like I said, it is good. As I said, and I know most ladies don't like this word out there, moist. I think we all got moist again. It was good. It was good in a little R-rated X right away, but it's good to feel the tingle again. Well, not not even not even just that. It was like like you said, we were actually engaged and excited and excited to watch. Like even if they like, like the Saturday game was probably the one game that they that was like either yeah, they, uh, the game yeah. could have gone either way. <laughs> but even if they lost, you looked at it and you just go, they're playing a different style than they've, they've been they've been playing under Cloak. And oh, you looked at running gun. It was yeah, and, and it's exciting. And look, I understand like one of these games it could come back to bite them with the other team scores like you know six goals or whatever. But I'd rather them play like this. And be excited and have them lose yes. than yes. playing the same old garbage they've been playing before. So and Mike, they're, let's, they're let's playing, do the math. And they're playing young players too. Sorry, Jason, hold on one second. Colin Miller looks pretty pretty damn good now. Ryan Spooner's mm. turned a new corner, even though like he's not playing exceptionally well. But Spooner's been had a little bit more of a spark. Vetrano's yeah. starting to score more. Even that kid they brought up, Peter Slarek, he looks pretty damn good. And he's only played two games, but I like what I see from him. And Pashnik, you know, he's, he's, Pashnik seems to be back scoring. Uh, Martian's, Martian's doing what Martian does. Tuka but even Bacchus. Tuka was engaged on, against Montreal. Bacchus Odobin won. Odobin won. Odobin won. Like, <laughs> everywhere, you, everywhere you turn, it seems like Cassidy's pushing the right buttons. Like, uh, it's, push it's, away. it's been great. It's been un, unbelievable to see. Like you said, the defense looks like a whole new team. As Jason said earlier, uh, before, before, when Julian, the defense were always taught to get back and play it safe. And like you, like Jason said earlier, they were passing the puck to the point, be a shot from the point, and the goal would be right in the goalie's chest or it would go wide, and the other team would break out. Now the defense are coming down to the tops of the circles, pinching, pinching and making things easier for the forwards. Like like you said earlier, Joe, the first game against San Jose, Krug is in the corner and he finds Bacchus out front. Then you go into the Vancouver game, and uh, I mean the Montreal game. The Vancouver game, sorry. You have Colin Miller with an absolute howitzer from the point that beats yep. Miller. And then against 
Uh, and then you have I mean, even Kellen Mil- Kevin Miller, excuse me, against Vancouver. Then against Montreal, you have McQuaid sneaking back door. You have Chara pulling these dangles out like he's back in 2012. I mean, this is just fascinating to see. Fascinating. And I, I, we've been calling them for this for two years. And it's nothing mm-hmm. against Claude Julian. It's just, like Jason said, it was time for a change. His product and his voice and his system was going stale with Boston. It happens to every coach. It's nothing against Claude personally. It just happens with certain teams and certain players and certain individuals, and it's time to move on. Yes, yes, that's what they do in sports. Jason, you're going to say something before you hocked up along. I was going to say something, but you two keep talking. I'm working on a style at the moment. Okay, okay. Clear, clear that uh, frog out of your throat there, Jason. Um, yes, uh, it's actually, like I said, guys, because we kind of, you know, we're in, we're in sports journalism, if you will, and podcasting, that we kind of, as our job, but because we love the team as well, we have to watch the games. And it got it got really tedious, and it got tiresome, and it got, honestly, as you said, Mike, a broken record, and it sucked. I just – I did not walk away from any game going, I enjoyed watching this game. I got more bullshit bull, – baloney, sorry, uh, and, and pissed off that I'm like, I don't – my love, the love, the team, the relationship I've had with this team for over 40 years was going stale. But then, you know what? They bought some new lingerie. It was on. It was like on. They want to go strip clubs. They want to do all kinds of crazy stuff. It got it got crazy. So this is what's going on. Bruce Cassidy's like our new girlfriend. Oh, actually, no, our our old girlfriend that just decided to do her hair differently. But got a new outfit and got a new dress. Ignited that. Or, or like, or you could say like started to work out and started to like get her nails done. Like started to like you know like do something. Pretty. Yeah, do something different. Like like you said with her hair or like do something Even different. Now. Yeah. Yep, and that's absolutely. what that's what the Bruins did. They they did some they doing something differently. Like. Like all three of us wanted Claude gone, but none of us have ever said that Claude is it's a hundred percent Claude's fault, and it's a hundred percent he's a bad coach. It's That's not one hundred percent Claude's fault, but um, my, back to my point. In those three games, the Bruins scored fourteen goals. Four goals were by defensemen, which was right. which is a nice stat. Um, How many goals prior to that by defensemen? I have no idea. That's a long stat. <laughs> probably not. Probably not many. But they also gave up six goals in that three games. Three ga- three yes. against San Jose, three against Vancouver. But and still pretty good goaltending for what we got. And 0.0 versus Montreal. So guess what? Tuka haters. He beat Montreal. Not only did he beat Montreal, he beat them at home. And I, if I'm correct. He's beaten beat them Montreal twice this year. They haven't beat Montreal at home uh, in like three or four years, right? Yeah, yeah I'm most for seven. Against, I've been to like... Tuka's record against Montreal before that win was 0-9-3. He's won two this year. Yes. Well, that was 0-9-3 at home, but now he got one at oh, home. Oh, Andy, Andy won one in Montreal, though. So, yep, he's won two big games. I, I will have to admit, I'm a big Tuka uh, fan. I believe he was checking out in the last week or two with Claude. I think he was. I think he was checking out. Oh, did, you, did you guys listen to that Cam Neely interview on Felger and Mass? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. He was so defensive. He, was, he should have been. Here's the thing with this, and I'll give my quick synopsis, and we'll go around the horn. Cam Neely, the, let's first of all, as fans, we have to take Cam Neely, the player, and Cam Neely, the uh, executive, and just make the two different people because they are two different people completely. You have, you have Hall of Famer, then you have Hall of Shamer because he has been awful. And the thing is, because you could see that killer instinct when he was a player, like when Claude Lemieux used to piss him off or all Samuels, and that he would snap. I was pretty sure he was going to do that to Mike Michael Felger. I thought he was going to all seamless and him. 
and basically kill him on, on you know, live TV because he was getting so mad, so defensive, all that stuff. And the thing about it is he should have been at that press conference. And not during the parade, but it should have been a different time. But he should have been there. Okay, he should – Michael Phelps like, you know, every team uh, has somebody on the uh, – you know, on on radio in in the city, but you guys, what's going on? It, Michael Fargram, you may hate him, and you may, you know, he is a Bru- he is a Bruins fan. He is a minute. He's a Bruins fan. He's not a Patriots fan because he's from Wisconsin, but he is a Bruins fan. And he basically asked all the hard hitting questions. He didn't let Cam, you know, <sighs> skate at all, which I thought was great. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, you got to look at Donnie and, and Cam and go. They made a good point today on Fargram as like they're building. They were building a team that Claude's system didn't work with. And they want to have someone as a scapegoat, which I think is completely true. <coughs> I think it's. I also think it's true. And um, but I think that point that you said too about they didn't build the team towards Julian. I think that's hundred percent accurate too. Because, but I also think it's because the NHL is changing. A lot of teams aren't yep. big and heavy anymore. In two thousand eleven, the Bruins were able to play Claude's system to a T because they had mm-hmm. the players and like that system was still intact. It's five years later now. And I know they got back to a cup in 2013, but I feel like in 2013 they had a little bit more skill. Like yeah. Sagan was Sagan was playing um, – obviously Sagan was on the team playing a lot. Tory, that was when the Tory crew came up and was like producing at like a, a crazy rate. Uh, they just had – a Gimler was on the team. And even though Gimler is like a grit and, and balls guy, he still yeah. has some skill. Obviously he has to have some skill to score over a second. Are you talking 2013 or 2014? 2013. For, 2013, the Bruins didn't have a game. I mean, that, yeah, that, that those two years though, like they had more skill, yes. even though like than they had in 2011. 2011 was literally like grab your grab your lunch and grab your lunch box. We're going to we're going to work, boys. But yep. they had now it's it's turning turning into more of a skill NHL. And like Joe said, they weren't building the team towards Claude. They want to draft and develop players and still kind of yeah. have one foot in, one foot out. And that's why I've been calling for a change. I mean, Julian plays does well with young guys that are defensive, but the Bruins have a lot of guys that are coming up that are offensive and aren't defensive, like Spooner, like Pashnik, like Vetrano. And that's where I think Cassidy comes into play and does a lot better. And, and I, I have, like, three major takeaways from that interview that really stood out to me. Sure. And the first one being, Claude Julian was a Don Sweeney guy, not Cam Neely. Or so that's what I've heard. I came on him out a few times, yeah. Um... Cam Neely wanted Julian out a lot sooner. Sweeney chose to keep him, and he was Julian's guy. So the Julian thing is a little bit more on Sweeney, which is why Neely wasn't taking the blame. Also, Neely and that Bruins organization are a group of pansies because they don't want to face up to an interview every single week like every other Boston team's doing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you hear the quote, painful. And you see that really the Bruins are were be, are being built the completely wrong way. That the real issues with the Bruins lie within Neely Sweeney and the top of that organization. Well, I think they all realize, even with Charlie was here, how much they internally destroyed the team. I mean, they made so many mistakes, mistake after mistake after mistake. It became a snowball effect, and now they're paying the price. Now, Don Sweeney is trying. They made a good point. Drafting wise, he's doing very well. NHL moves, he's doing horrifically horrible. Like the, we all know about last year with uh, uh, what Suke Stepniak and uh, John Michael Lyles, who, if I remember correct, he's not even in the lineup anymore, right? Yes. If the the other takeaway I have from what Cassidy is doing is Cassidy has kept Lyles out of the lineup because he because he's old and he sucks. 
Um, you know, that's their, that was their, that, remember that, that was his, their move to fix the defense last year was sign him. You're like, oh my God, really? Are we doing this? But hey, you know, let's see what they do on this, you know, on this road trip. This is going to be, you know, if they went two out of three, this, road trip. Sure that this is the last, this, is, this trip's the last few years that's been killing their playoff momentum. Yeah. And I yeah. know right now they're they're in the playoffs right now, but like just like Joe said earlier, they're barely hanging on. They put themselves in a bad spot. But this yeah, they also going. give them credit for those last three games because those last three games dug them out oh, of no. a pretty big hole. Oh, oh, absolutely. They need to. They have to win. I think they have to go on like a seven game winning streak to really. Or like not even if they don't go a seven game winning streak, Joe, they have six to win like seven. like six. Yeah, six out of seven or something along the lines like that. And I think the, they like, got to win two two out of three in, on this trip. Yeah, this guy has some consistent hockey, some good consistent hockey. I mean, I'm not sure of a six-game winning streak, but some good consistent hockey, like six out of eight or stuff like that. I think well, the Bruins so they, will be able to sneak back in. Yeah, I mean, they have to kind of put, well, we got 20, how many games left? Four? Like 24 20, or so. 20, yeah. uh, 24, yes. I think they have to play like 700 hockey to get in. Well, they're off to a good start with, a three, with three wins. In, yes, that's great. And like Jason said, they, they, they did bring themselves out of a hole, but they're not completely out of the hole yet because of where they put themselves by playing so bad earlier on. Earlier on. It's going to come but, down to the last game of the season again. Well, we'll, we'll see about that. If it, I mean, we'll have to wait and see because, like, we, it's only been three games with Cassidy. If, as excited as I am, I don't want to, you know, jump the gun just too, but, too early yet. But it was basically, just good won three games what I want to see from this team were, is they that. Were also, they were also winning the games at home. Like, when's the last time the Bruins have played three home games like that in a row? Never. Seriously, they've been on. They've been. They've had a losing record the past two years, going on three at home. They finally decided to play well at home, and it's been great. The, see what happens when you play well at home. Like the fans have been into these games recently because you guys are showing up and actually playing them and giving them a good product on the ice. Well, that that Can- that Canadians game was like that was like when at the peak of when the team was popular and they were playing well. That crowd was into it. They were loud, and the thing is. When you're at home on television, you hear that you build off, you feed off that too. You're like, this is exciting to get into it. When you hear the garden as a morgue, it is just telling you like you little. Then you your heart goes out to these people like yourself, Mike, that spends thousands of dollars to go see this team, and they're providing you just a big fat jumbled meatball of, of dog poop. So it is good to see the energy back in that building. It seems like hockey again. I know it's been three games, but at least I'd rather go down with a running gun. They just wilt away with a trap, and like lose two to one, like to Carolina, like they have had earlier oh, yes. on this year. I rather lose. I rather lose six four, six five. Then you know, I, how about well, let's not lose anymore. But um, I actually, I'm a type. I'm a weirdo, a weirdo Bruins fan. I like when I watch the game, I have to put all my Bruins gear on, even though no one sees me but my own family because I'm weird. But then I was getting to the point, Mike, Mike, and Jason. I have to admit something, and all my all our friends out there. Like I said, I was I was losing I was losing the love. Like I didn't care if I had any brown stuff on. I felt better than I didn't because I probably rip it off, rip it to pieces. So it was good to get the the black and gold juices going again. It really was. It's it's been great to see. In like you said, it's been three games. But I like what I've seen from the adjustment standpoint. They're playing the young kids, and that's what I that's what I want to see. There's 24 games left. Let's just see see what they do with Cassidy. And if they make the playoffs, great. And if they if they don't, but like Joe, you just said, they put themselves in a in a, in a big hole. But if, and like Jason said too, if they just play exciting hockey and actually like fight to the end, I'm okay with that. At least I'll know they went down swinging instead of going down how they were going down. What I want to see is this team win, respond win enough. Win two, so that... lose three. Win win three, lose five. Like that, I don't want that anymore. What I want is for this team to pr- prove that they want to play. 
under someone like Cassidy, because if they play hard under Cassidy, it'll work, keep, work towards Cassidy keeping his job. And from what yeah, I'm seeing, it seems like this team's responding to Cassidy. And I think that's important. It is important. But before we get to Claude Julian and what he, decided, what he decided to do, can we just talk about this, how the bye week is, first of all, dumb. And second of all, couldn't have come at the worst time possible. Oh, God. Awful. Like, first of all, the bye week's stupid anyways, because I, I understand the CBA and the owners, and they all agreed to it with the World Cup of Hockey. So it was like, okay, we'll do a, we'll do a bye week. Uh, but first of all, they condensed the schedule for the World Cup of Hockey in the first place. Then you yeah. add this mandatory bye week. Why couldn't no. you just spread out the schedule over that, you know, week or so in, instead of doing a bye week? I don't understand why the CBA and the, and the owners wanted this bye week. I think it's stupid because yes, they – and uh, I was watching, you know, NBC Sports Network the other night, and they're talking about the bye week and how it's affected, like, almost every team and how every team comes back in their first game and they get the crap kicked out of them because they haven't skated in, like, six days. Yeah. And then I was listening to Joe Haggy talk on Toucher and Rich, and he's talking about how Pashnik and Spooner are going to Jamaica – and I'm sitting there going, these guys these guys are going to get drunk and hammered, and they have to come back and play against the Sharks on Sunday. I go, this is this is a nightmare. This body well, is like so this, like, stupid. Perhaps not going to do anything he wants, but Spooner, you should stay home and practice. <laughs> well, they can't even practice. It's a mandatory like five days. Oh, off that's right. They can't do anything. That's no, right. Like, the bye week is just the worst possible timing ever because well, they're really- finally going on a run. They're finally showing some chemistry and some fight. And the, the the crowd's getting into it. Like this bye week's so dumb. It killed. Oh, it came at the wrong time. But the thing is, too, it's just. Uh, I think it's just is going to be the only year. Is it every year, or just because of the uh, World Cup of Hockey? I'm not sure, actually. Because I think it's. I think it's going to be a regular schedule. I, I think they probably remove it next year. I, but you got to remember, like the Bruins had before Claude got fired, they had like three or four days off in a row. Then they played three games, then they had five days off, and then after they get back, they play every other night. So here we go again. <laughs> so that, yeah, that's that, what I mean. Why couldn't they just spread out the schedule instead of doing the yeah. bye week? They, they, they got to fix this. Like you said, Joe, I, I don't know. I haven't done enough research on the bye week to to like know if it's coming back next year. But this is stupid. And then, um, like you look at it, and like you said, they just had four days off. So we have to wait four days before they played a game after the lease to see what they could do with Cassidy. Then you said they, like, they played three games. You're all excited and you're happy. Then they don't play again for another week. A week. Know. When are they playing again? Sunday night? Sunday night. It's Hockey Day in America. It's like a great day, actually, for all hockey. If you're a hockey fan, hockey junkie, they have, like, literally games on starting at, like, noon all all de- all, all game long. All, excuse me, all day long, which all is great. Day. All day long. There's, like, a bunch of matchups. It's like, I know, I, know, I know Pittsburgh's playing uh, Detroit, and I know Chicago's playing Buffalo. Obviously, the Bruins are playing the Sharks, and I think there's one more game at, like, noon. I think it's, like, Washington and the Rangers. I could be wrong about that, but um, it's, it's going to be a great day. But this bye what time, week. What time are the Bruins playing again? 8.30. 8.30. Oh, it's not that late. But, but this, this bye week is brutal. Can we just I, – I, I just had to vent about this bye week. The NHL, this NHL and this setting up this bye week was, was not smart, I don't think. And – Whoever negotiated it, or whoever did it, even whether it was because of the World Cup of Hockey or because of whatever, can we just get over with this and not have to wait a week? Right. At the end of the day, I mean, they're not as bad as the NFL because they're a joke. The NHL is still the NHL, and they're still kind of a second-tier league. They still don't know what they do. Batman is still a buffoon. They're still doing these stadium series games, which they just completely dilute that product. I mean, that's a conversation for another day. But they, they still make stupid decisions. So 
Like, putting a team in Vegas was kind of dumb. Why don't we move? Like, Arizona wants to move. So why didn't we just put a team in Quebec City who was actually going to like hockey? So there's so many things to talk about with the league. But... We can talk about that in the summer when there's not much to go, to get to. Oh. Yes, I guess we can. That, that would be a perfect time because in the summer, obviously, like, uh, Jason can tell you, last August when there's not much to talk about, oh, man, it's tough. You didn't do it's... a show every week then. You did what, once a month? No, we do it every week. You still do one every week in the summer? Yeah. So I'm going to have to start, like, uh, you know, paying attention to the minor, the prospects and everything. We were just I'm, I'm telling you, you just you just dread the time that you wait for the, you know. Well, it actually helped out last year because the World Cup of Hockey was coming in September. Yeah. But it, it would have been longer if it wasn't because of that because we had at least had some hockey to to talk about. And we absolutely obviously ripped Team USA, but that's hey, another. Go that's, back, go back to the here schedule, there. Schedule we're talking about. So they play San Jose. They didn't get two days off. They play two games and they get two days off again. It's like, <laughs> and oh the and the funny part about that too is they play back to back next week. It's like they play the Sharks on Sunday, then they play. Like Wednesday, Thursday. Why wouldn't they just do Sunday, Tuesday, Thursday, or something along the lines? Uh, of, like, why are they playing back to back? Like you said, true. the NHL is so stupid, and they are like a second tier league. And we, we're obviously we love the NHL and we want them to do well, which is why we're criticizing them because they need to make better, smarter decisions. But this bye week actually, I think, could hurt the Bruins coming yeah. back. And I'm, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm, I'm a little worried about Sunday's game now because, I mean, going to the West Coast is difficult in general. But now having days off and you have players going like to park their butts on the beach and probably drink, it's bad. Unbelievable. But let's talk about uh, just, yeah, just quickly, someone just posted oh. in the chat saying Quebec couldn't even fill up USA versus Canada. I'm assuming he's talking about the World Juniors. And the World Juniors was in Montreal. And the reason that they didn't fill it up was because they're charging like $300 for tickets. Because, really? Yeah. For the World Juniors, they, they were charging like absurd amount for ticket prices. And that's why they weren't filling them. Uh, if, you, if you didn't, I, I remember, sorry, to, uh, they, were, they had the um, World Juniors in uh, Saskatchewan. And when they had it in Saskatchewan, they sell it all the time because they have the tickets for cheap and because they don't have an NHL team there. When you have an NHL team in Montreal, obviously, the, I mean, USA Canada is a big deal. But, like, would you rather pay $150 to see Montreal play, say, the Bruins? Or would you rather pay $150 to see USA Canada, you know what I mean? It's a well, for like young, mean, young, younger kids too. It's not like the Olympics. Well, if you're in Moose Jaw, Saskatchewan, what's there to do besides hockey or uh, making whoopee in the igloo? I mean, what else you got to do? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sorry, I just got, I just, I just got distracted there. But um, oh, wait, 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 all right. So <laughs> let's get, let's get to this uh, Claude Julian business. Oh, good segue to Montreal. Oh God, you know, can I get my impression? Can I just go on what when I found out about it? Yeah, absolutely. Like, I'm like, you traitor, you traitor bastard. But then I said, I get it, because he definitely wants to stick this up the tailpipe of the Bruins. There's no doubt about it. I mean, there's no doubt about it. I mean, I at least give the Bruins some kudos that they let him talk to him. They let Montreal talk to him. There's some kudos there. But the thing is, any other team, man, any other team would have been fine. Any other team, I would have rooted for you anywhere else. There was an article by, um, what's his name, Chad Finn and Boston Globe. Oh, that article is embarrassing. I started reading the first couple paragraphs, and I just saw the you know the title. I just said I wrote. I go, if my best friend was coaching Montreal, I would not root for Montreal. Sorry. That yeah, that was that article was embarrassing. And for those of you that haven't uh, had the time to read it or know about it, Chad Finn wrote an article saying how uh, Bruins fans will now become Montreal fans because Julian's coaching there. Okay, I'd rather eat. Uh, yeah, I'd rather eat like uh, I know fire ants. <laughs> I kind of I kind of compare it to like like if when uh. Jacoby Ellsbury and Damian went to the Yankees. 
Oh, no, worse. I know, I know, but like you don't cheer for them still. You know what okay. I mean? Yeah, you don't cheer for them. Or like when Curtis Martin went to the Jets. Like you don't cheer for him anymore. You respect what he did with you, but once he goes somewhere else, it doesn't mean you you turn into a a fan of the oh. other team because the coach that coached you and won you a Stanley Cup is coaching there now. Come on, that's your most hated rival. I look what? at Montreal's jerseys and they want to puke. I don't want to root for them, even if Julian's been on the bench. Let me. So anyone who's on my Big Bad Bruins page, I actually post on the page. So just scroll down. But this is this is the title. Claude Julian's hiring might turn some Bruins fans and Canadian sympathizers. Hard not to root for the former Bruins coach as he signs up with the rival. I'm like, you evidently are not a Bruins fan of any kind, Chad fan, because who would do that? Like, I don't know how you guys are. I'm probably crazy when it comes to sports. There are a couple, like, uh, team team logos and insignias. If I see other people wear them, I just get angry. Yankees. Yeah, uh, Yankees, eh, not so much anymore. But Montreal, Canadians, the New York Jets, and the Pittsburgh Steelers. I just get angry, and I don't care – I went to a birthday party and one of the kids, four four year old, was wearing a jet shirt, and I'm like, poor, poor kid. You know, like there's certain laundry that you just get angry with because you're you're a diehard fan of the opposing team. I will never root for Julian with Montreal. It will never happen. Any other team I would have rooted for him. If he went to Vegas, I would have rooted for him there. If he went to the Islanders or Florida or whatever, no way. No way. And you know how bad this is how bad Montreal is too. As you guys both know, they will not hire anyone unless they can speak French. Okay, they are recycling people. This is Tarion had two runs. This is Claude's second run. How funny! They, sorry, just quickly that they they fired Tarion twice and then hi, hired Julian after they fired Tarion. It's, you know, it's the I, second time they've done this. I said, and I did like a, I did a, a Facebook live last night. And I said, you know, why don't we just uh, for you Warner Brothers Looney Tunes fans, why don't we just get Pepe, Pepe Le Pew, the uh, the skunk? He speaks French, he may be animated, but he probably could coach too. This is the stupidest thing ever. That they have to have a guy like Randy Cunningworth. I think had a good run with the Montreal, and they fired him at the end of the year because he doesn't speak French. Like, are you kidding? Get over yourself. You guys probably remember from the, you know reading the history books back in the day. Like, no other teams could get any French Canadian players because Montreal had dibs on all of them, which was ridiculous back in the original six days. I the arrogance of the of this fan base, the arrogance of those people. I don't know if you've been to Montreal, but I've been a couple times when I was younger and probably causing havoc up there drinking. But they hate Americans up there badly. Especially yeah, I agree with you too. I think part of the reason, like Julian is a good coach. I'm not denying that. No one's denying that. But we, I, I, I just want to keep saying it because I don't want people to think I'm bad mouthing him because I'm not. But he, like you said, he went to Montreal to stick it up the rear ends of the Bruins. I think him and Neely didn't get along, personally. No, no I, way. I, I, I think him and Sweeney got along, but I don't think Julian and Neely got along. He uh, didn't. No yeah, way. they definitely. Yeah. So, and second of all, like you said, Joe, he speaks French, like. When the Bruins were playing Montreal in the playoffs a few years back, he'd answer a question in French, and it's like, holy smokes. And then you look at it, it's like, no wonder why they like him. Because he can go up there, and dude, his whole, half his interview was in French. I, I, I tried to listen to some of his interview with like, being high up there, but like, there's too much French for me that I had to turn it off because I couldn't deal with it anymore. I'm like, when is he going to speak English? Oh, my God, get me out when of this French gonna, stuff. And I'm, I'm not going to be prejudiced against it, but, like, like I'm not going to be prejudiced at all, but, like, Ninety-five percent of the NHL speaks American in English. English. I shouldn't say I shouldn't say American English. That's English. That's English. That's it's English. <laughs> it's English. <laughs> hey, you guys, you guys speak American. <laughs> I can picture you. I can picture you, Mike, like down in Mexico talking to some hot ladies. Do you guys speak American? <laughs> yeah, I I meant English, obviously. But, I know. I'm busting you. But 
it's like, why do you have to do that? Like you said, why does that to be in French? They have to hire someone who speaks French. And the worst, the only bad part I will say about Julian going there is that they don't play the Bruins again. Sunday was the last time. Yeah, I know that's a bummer, isn't it? Maybe in, playoffs, you never know. Oh, that'd be. Wouldn't that be great? If Claude Julien and Mon- coaching Montreal and the Bruins <laughs> in the first, but but if the Bruins make a wild card, they go in the other division, right? I believe so. Yes. So uh, imagine just some stroke of luck, conference finals. Oh my God! Just break out the KY jelly, get that lube ready because it's going to be fun. It's going to be a crazy time. I hope that happens. I just hope that'd be the craziest thing ever. I know this would be the be- this would be the best thing ever if, if the Bruins played Claude Julien's Montreal Canadiens in the playoffs. With, oh, with, with Cassidy's running gun style versus, versus Claude Julien's, like, uh, lockdown defense style. Mike, just jumping in now, all the sacred Claude fans out. How many of you are actually going to root for him wearing, you know, being part of the Black Rouge, whatever the hell it is, blue? Blue, Black Rouge. Blue, Black, Blue, Blue, and that, <laughs> that horrible woman sings the national anthem that looks like she's going to kill over and die. They suck. I hate them, and I hate anyone that coaches them. I hate anyone that wears their laundry. It's like... Horrible. So you know what, Claude? Enjoy it. Because you know what? You suck for three years here. Thanks for the cup. You ain't going to bring them nothing, so it don't matter. They got rid of Terry because he wasn't good with young players. Guess what? Neither is Claude. Well, the, and it's funny, too, because Terry's like a defensive coach. Like, his that's what they brought him in for because he can speak French, obviously, and he, he, he wanted to help right. out the defense because Montreal, they do have a lot of skill in offense, but they always struggled in the defensive zone. They, it was always – Oh, Carey Price needs to save our ass or else we're screwed. Mm-hmm. And Claude Julian plays the same type of style that Terrian does. Defensive minded. He's a defensive minded right. coach. So you pretty much got rid of a, def- a defensive minded coach to get another defensive minded coach. And they're, they're in first place. Of still. Right on French Canadians, Mike. They're running out of French Canadian coaches. I'm sorry to say it. And actually, Claude's not French Canadian. He's from Ontario, no? Right. Yeah, he's from Ontario. He can just speak perfect French, which is kind of yeah. crazy. Yeah, so, uh, like I said, I, I was wondering if Jacques Demers was still alive. I don't know if he died or, or anything, but if he's let's get him to coach. Let's just get anyone that has a French name. Uh, yeah, I think like uh, this person in the chat put it perfectly. I would never cheer for the Canadians even if my mother was coaching. Yuck. That's yeah, how I feel. I, I, I was so Chad Finn's article is, is embarrassing. It is. Jace, what do you think about it, Jace? I think it's a joke. I think Montreal's a joke. I think the entire city's a joke. Wow. A lot of jokes right there. You're a stand-up comedian, Hayes. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, like you said earlier, Joe, I him going there, like I would have, I would have, I would have wished him success anywhere he went besides Montreal. All right, is I guess there's another thing we kind of segue to. Do you want to get into this trade talk? Rumors still going around. Like, what are uh, we doing? Yeah. So okay, so speaking of this, so clearly, I when the Bruins, so just two things quick. I mean, one thing quickly. When the Bruins were kicking the crap out of Montreal on Sunday, I'm assuming that their GM knew they were going to fire the coach because I guess according to the Elliot Friedman and other people in in the hockey world was that Bruins that, that Montreal asked the Bruins on Sunday for permission to speak to Julian, which I yeah. thought was interesting because it, they must have been like, okay, we're getting our heads bashed in by the Bruins. Might as well see if we can ask Julian for to see if he can coach us. But then there was also uh, reports that a, a certain GM was there by the name of Joe Sackick. And Joe Sackick is obviously the general manager for the Colorado Avalanche. Mm-hmm. And the Colorado Avalanche and the Boston Bruins have been linked to a trade for Gabriel Landeskog. And we, yep. talked about this, we, talked about, we talked about this, excuse me, on this show before, about Landeskog and what you have to give up. 
and then you then you saw a report the next day was that Sackick was staying in Boston for the bean pot. And you looked at that and you said, okay, back a few a few months ago, the rumored defenseman they wanted was Carlo, Colorado native, young defenseman, uh, 6'5". You know, obviously Carlos had a, hit a little bit of a rookie wall, like every rookie does. And but yeah, I think he's been playing a lot better recently. Um, that was been, that's been the rumor. And then you start to hear about McAvoy's name, and that's why. Oh God, please. that's why Sackick was staying for the bean pot. And I'll tell you this right now. If they give up Carlo and McAvoy for Landeskog, I might lose my brain. And this is the one. This is the it's one. It's not going to happen. It's all rumors. I, I understand. I heard a rumor. It's not going to happen. Jason, it's, it's 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 just a talk about here. It's the, uh, I mean, it's when you have a when you have a t- and there was there was a picture online about Sweeney and Sackett talking during the second intermission. So uh, you know what they were talking. I'm assuming that, I'm assuming they weren't talking about the this 12 inches of snow meatball. we were getting on Sunday. Well, they're talking about something, but Sweeney's smart enough not to give up McAvoy or Carlo, or at least McAvoy. No, I don't know if you're sure. Yeah, you're right, Mike. His trades have been horrific. Are you sure? He hasn't done anything major. What do you mean? He traded Dougie Hamilton, he traded Milan Lucic, he traded... Uh, I would have made yeah. those trades. The Bradley uh, Smith was a fluke. I, yeah, I understand. But I would have traded Milan Lucic. I would have traded Dougie trade. Hamilton. Those are pretty big trades, Jason. They yeah, have they big get... trades, but they're not you like... Just he, you just said he didn't do anything major. Those are big trades. Those are major trades. Yeah, but they're not... To me, they're not end-all, be-all. I would have traded Milan Lucic and Doug, Dougie Hamilton myself. Yeah, I, that's, that's not the question, but I mean, that's not what I'm saying. Those are major moves, though. You just said he doesn't make major moves, and every move that he's made has pretty much been major. I think every trade, should. every trade he's made has been pretty much major. But I, could, I couldn't see him trading Charlie McAvoy when his entire talk and spectrum has been about developing young guys. Yeah, I, I, I understand where you're coming from with that point. He would I'm, have I'm to, still, be, still he would have to be blown away with more than just Landis Scott to take that trade. I hope let's you're right, do, but hey, let, hey, let's do this. Let's not make a trade. Let's just stay the course here. We're three and zero. That's, that's, that's what, what I could see him doing. I'm saying it now they're going to stay the course. Stay I hope the they course. do. And I hope they're both right. I don't, I don't want them to make trades because if they do a trade for like a Carlo or a McAvoy for Landis Club, it's going to be embarrassing. The Bruins will lose that. This is the one thing I'm worried about with the Bruins right now is the trade deadline is two weeks away from uh, Thursday, I believe. Two weeks or whatever. Two weeks from today, we can probably just say roughly give or take two weeks from today. It's March 1st. Um, so I'm worried that the Bruins are, are going to do something stupid. I worry you know that. They- do you know what their biggest trade move was prior to 2011 Cup winning? What was I mean uh, post 2011 was was Jager. <laughs> if he scored one friggin' goal in the in the friggin' Cup final, we probably would have won that series. But that's been it. And I like the Yags because he like he likes to dance with the ladies and do things in hot tubs on his Kawasaki. But would you really? That's the biggest name they had. We we talking Mazaros. We're talking. We're talking Rolston Part Two. We're talking Mike We're Mato, talking Zanet. Yeah. Talking uh, Stepniak. Wild. Uh, Stepniak. All hot garbage. All of it. All of it. So that's his. Tell- they just have been the trade deadline. Usually, most you watching what Trade Center on TSN. You're like, look at these trades. And then the Boston Bruins pick up like an 18th defenseman. You're like, is this really happening again? Right. Yeah. Because there's always a like. You, don't be surprised. There's always a big name that goes somewhere. Always. Yeah, like, always. So- but in the Bruins, like oh. yeah, the oh. Bruins never seem to be linked to those big names except Aguilar, like, which obviously came uh-huh. back to fight him. But you look, at, like you said, like the Bruins don't make a move just for the sake of making a move. If you're going to make the playoffs, just continue on the way like you're doing. Just, yeah. just keep, keep, you know, 
have Cassidy coach. You're bringing up some young guys from Providence, like Peter Slerica just got brought up. His playing seems to be seems to be able to play. Uh, right it out. Uh, Krejci seems to be rejuvenated under under Cassidy. Bagger seems rejuvenated. Like you said, Joe Tuca seems rejuvenated. They're no, rejuvenated. The fan base. Yes, the fan base. The even the media people. Uh, it just seems like a different feel right now. Just stay the course. Please. Yeah, I mean, why are we going to trade? Here's the way I look at it. All these kids, those three draft picks they had back-to-back-to-back, to back to back, which I thought at the time was the most foolish thing of all time. Mike, you know more than I do about the problem. They're all doing pretty well. So McAvoy, of course, we know who he is, what he did in juniors. Just ride the ride the course with the guys you got. If you make some trades maybe over the, um, over the uh, summer and do some tweaks here and there, that's fine. Let's just see what this – this is your dress rehearsal for next year. Let's see what the guys you have right now can do, and if they can't do it, you get rid of them. That's it. Don't exactly. Like- I'm. I feel the same way you do. Write it out, and in the summer, if you want to make a major trade in the summer, I'm all for it. Because at least if you do it in the summer, you can say, okay, we evaluated our players for the end of the year. These players didn't step up. These players stepped up. We want to keep these ones. Uh, yeah. Or okay, let's let's shake it up with a big move in the summer, so that way they have all training camp to you know get used to that said like player A and player B or whatever. Just just stay the course, ride it out. There's no reason to rush. But like you said, the best part of Sweeney so far has been his drafting. Just stay the course. Don't make a suitcase in the act mood, and don't trade Carlo and McAvoy. But I yeah. do want to bring up quickly the Fluto Shinzawa's piece. I don't know if you guys saw it. No, I didn't. All right, so obviously the Landeskog rumors and Sackett rumors were flying wild about uh, the Monday on Sunday night and Monday, and uh, obviously Sweeney's talking to to Sackett, but um, they uh, so in Fluto's piece he's saying, okay, so obviously going forward, right, your best right shot defenseman going forward, say in like three or four years from now, is McAvoy. McAvoy's going to be your number one right shot defenseman. Carlo's also a right shot defenseman. Then you look at Colin Miller, right? The, who the Bruins traded for, obviously Lucic for, and was a big part of the Lucic trade. Colin Miller's starting to play pretty dang well. Do you? Yeah. So do you think? Do you think Colin Miller is your second pair, right shot defenseman, or would you say he's a third pair? Mike, I'm not even there right now. I'm just enjoying what they're doing at the moment. I mean, I know what you mean, looking forward, but to your point, McQuaid's. I mean, all the guys. I mean, the defense looks. Like two way finally before they were just staying back because they didn't want to make a mistake. Even the younger, you know, the young kids too. They made a great point. Uh, I was going to bring this up. What did uh, Cassie say? Err on the side of aggression. I love that line. We should get that on a freaking t shirt. Love it. That's what they should do. Play hard. Go. F- That's what players want to do. Pawn hockey. This is what they want to do. They don't want to play the nineteen nineties Montreal New Jersey trap. That's the most boring hockey to watch and must be to play as well. Run and gun, let these young the young kids have a good time. The older guys get to kind of relive their youth a little bit. Like Chara's goal was like so vintage and so exciting. Seeing him get you know demonstrative and scream like he used to was the best. Right. So just keep the course. Yeah. So pretty much, uh, just to finish off what Flo's piece was, it was pretty much saying that you have McAvoy and Colin Miller for the future. Just trading a Brandon Carlo for a forward or a Landeskog makes sense. Like you. I can see why the Bruins I could see that. It. I could see them trading Cargo before they trade McAvoy. Yeah, and that's pretty much all that's that Fuller was saying. He was saying that he wasn't saying that they were going to do it. He was just kind of playing the devil's advocate side and saying why he thinks it could happen. And he made some good points. If you want to check it out, uh, Fuller from Zauer, he wrote about it. It was pretty interesting. But like you said, Joe, I'm with you. I want them to stay the course. I want them to just ride it out. 
keep doing what they're doing. Uh, they've been playing well. It's Cassidy forever. The bye week sucks. It's been a positive. Sh- it's been a positive show for once, except for Claude Julian going to Montreal. But what what is there not to be excited about right now? I mean, no. I, I the, what are we getting mad about? The Bruins finally can Julian. Yeah. Oh, I, yeah. I've been saying that for two years. I'm no longer rooting one, for them to lose. You get one like you get one mulligan. You miss the playoffs one year. Okay, you get one mulligan, but you lose two years. The, the collapse last year was just the worst. They were what ten game, what ten points, free and clear, and just what they went three and nine in the last twelve. Yep. On um, you know that's right there. You know that that last game against Ottawa, that was fireable that day. Yeah, it was. It was. It was. But that's not, that's neither here nor there. Now, like you said, today is a. New day. There's a new day. It's a, it's a new Smile. voice. It's a, it's a new era for the Boston Bruins. Oh. And like you, like I can't explain to you guys how excited I am to watch them play the next game. And I couldn't Mike. tell you that the last time I've been excited to watch the Bruins play. Mike, after the Montreal game, I pooped sunshine. Because <laughs> 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 it was – dude, I, I was so – that was, like I said, the most fired up I got since game five when Frazier beat Montreal up in Montreal. That was the most fired up I've been. And that was in 2014-15. It was over two years ago. It's been a long time. It's been a it's really, been really long time. But uh, we going to do predictions now? I guess we're coming on the Well, the, the worst – see, this is why – this is kind of what sucks is the bye week is kind of getting in the way of our predictions because um, I just wanted to talk – One game. Like, just, well, yeah. There's only <laughs> one game on Sunday because we don't get to talk about – My prediction is they only can only lose one game. Yeah. So, like, because obviously we're going to do the show, I'm assuming, before we get back to. Um... Jason, are you shoveling snow? What are you doing over there? <laughs> I just hear I'm listening. We're good. <laughs> we, should no, play a game. we should play a game. What is Jason doing in the background? <laughs> so it's kind of like how many looks does it take to get to the center of a Tootsie Pop? Yeah. Like the, <laughs> the world may never know. His, uh, he's sandpapering his. Uh, my lax stick. I'm lying on a recliner, relaxing at the moment. Don't judge me. Don't oh judge. no, we're not, we're not. We're not judging don't you. Judge. We're just. We're just messing hashtag around. Don't judge. We're just messing around. But like, no, I, I trust I, me. I got a new hashtag. Wait, Buckley forever. Buckley hey. forever. <laughs> you like that one? Yeah. I we, keep the show running, right? Cassidy Buckley slash Buckley, Buckley yeah. forever. You are the lifeblood. <laughs> I just they can't fought. go. I just can't get over how good the Bruins have been playing the last three games. I, I don't know if I'll ever I don't know if I'll ever get over it until they I probably, until I, like, until I until I lose like the next four games on this road trip. But Mike, it's good to get moist again. We all got moist. <laughs> <laughs> all the women are like, oh my god, he's that moist. We ain't yeah. brownies and we ain't talking brownies. I want. <laughs> I want <to laughs> Hashtag ain't talking brownies. Look at the look at the dude, guys. Do you hear the joy in our voice? Like, when I go back and listen to the podcast, usually it's like, I want to drive off the road, go off a cliff because it's so miserable. <laughs> now it's like, you know, I'm going to have the windows open. There's going to be animated bluebirds, you know, landing on my shoulder, butterflies in the car. It's going to be the greatest. <laughs> Last week's show was awesome. You guys didn't get to hear my voice at all. Except for like or two minutes. Like I got no laughter at all. Okay, anyway. I'll be no, there definitely, there definitely was no laughter these last, like, 15 episodes. No, it was uh, just basically a hole of uh, – it's just a dumpster fire. That's all it was. It was just a dumpster fire. I'm trying to put out a dumpster fire with a thimble. 
Yeah, it, it, like, like I was actually excited to do the show tonight for once. Like me too. Excited me too. to do the show and talk about the Bruins. I was excited. I could cut I glass could, right. And like the past, what eight to ten episodes or so? Did we not yeah. just be? It was like we were down in the doldrums. It was like, oh. it, was it, was like just, it was like it was like someone just killed our dog. Was, and then and then they like put him in the sandwich and made us eat it. I mean that's how bad it was. <laughs> <laughs> It I'm, really I'm was, sorry. but like I'm that messed up tonight because I'm I, so happy they're actually good. I know it's great because like, but you look at the lineup, right? Marshan's still doing what he's doing. Uh, Bergeron's playing a lot better now. Krejci's starting to step up. Young kids are starting to step up. You, I mean, I, I feel like Cassidy's been putting people in the right spots. He's, you know, what Cassidy also did that Julian always seemed to rock him to do is he changed the lines. Oh my God, he did. He did. He changed, he changed the, the lines. lines. That's what like, coaches do. What a novel. What a novel concept that is, right? I think Neely actually mentioned that on the interview about rolling out the same four lines and all that stuff. It's like, like it's so true. Yeah, like, like remember how I used to like I used to like hate. Obviously, I I write like a Riley Nash like. Oh, he sucks. He sucks, but like at least now he's playing on the fourth line, so like he's not out there with the way Claude was using him like every other shift. Guys, he's, he's on the fourth line now. How many times like with a minute and a half, two minutes left, they were down by like a goal and they had Jimmy Hayes out there? You're like, what are we doing? I don't think they were down that much at all the entire three games. No, they weren't. No, no, I meant like prior to. They're like, why is Jimmy Hayes out there? They're losing by a goal, and Jimmy Hayes has one goal in the last millennium. And their power was on fire. On and fuego. And that's because they're moving the puck. They're not slowing down. They're not stopping. Have you been seeing the movement on this power play? Mike, you know what? I I, I think we're in a bizarre universe that we're going to wake up and just realize that they're like 25 points out of the playoff spot because I still don't believe it's happening. Like I was getting, t- guys, I was getting text messages from friends. There, there was like, there was like humor. There was like happiness. There was banter. There was like, no, you know, no one like complaining and bitching and moaning how bad they were. It was like everything was rosy. It was good. This is what hockey's supposed to make us. Well, happy. if you want, if you, do you want, a, do you want a little bit of good news? A little bit. I've already had a big. I had well, a well, you're talking. I mean, I, I know the the playoff pitcher is not seeming great right now. Yeah. But, uh, but one of one of the games in hand that Toronto has on the Bruins. They They're getting the doors blown off right now, four to one, in the second by, period, by, by Columbus. Columbus is legit, huh? They're still legit. I thought it would, it would catch up with them. I guess not. Well, that's good. The, the, so after after tonight, though, the the Bruins will have. The, I mean, Toronto will still have two games in hand on us, but mm-hmm. the with throwing back one point. But the Bruins still play Toronto, I believe, two or three more times. Well, so they have to take care of business. I mean, exactly. Exactly. So the, the Bruins kind of do control their own fate here. So uh, they do. They, no, they, they kind of do. Yeah, yeah. I guess they're right. I mean, it, it's just too bad they could have controlled their fate even more if they just played, you know, just played a little bit better in some games. Just stole two or three more games. They would have been in way it's all, better. It's all, it's all those games where they lost the, the – they gave up another – they gave up – excuse me. The last seconds, yeah. gave up a goal in the last minute of the game. Well, going back and speaking about that too, how many times we saw the Bruins score in the first minute, of, first minute of a period? We saw the Bruins score in the last seconds of a period. We're like, this is what other teams did to us, and they're doing it to them. It was such a beautiful thing. I know, it really was. As it was such a beautiful thing. It Guess was, what? San Jose, they're gonna lose eight one. <laughs> I'm actually, I'm actually, I'm actually worried about that. Yeah, um, except after the bye. Yeah. Like, like the bye week. Uh, I, I was, just the other night. Um, Calgary just had came off their bye week, and they played Arizona, and Arizona beat them like six nothing. 
Oh, Arizona's and, terrible. And exactly, my point, and they're brutal. So I just hope the, the Bruins aren't asleep at the wheel or asleep when they come back yep. because I, like, I'm not expecting a great first period because it's going to probably take them a, a period to get their legs back. I just hope they can keep it close and give us a game after that. Actually, let's uh, now that I you, think the Bruins are going to win that game. Oh, really? We're going to make predictions because we have one game to predict. <laughs> one when? Game. Well, we could actually do we could actually do the. Uh, we could do the podcast where they play Wednesday, Thursday after that, or is it yeah, Thursday? Yeah, it's like Wednesday, Thursday at like. We could do 10. Wednesday. We could do Thursday or Wednesday before the game. So. I could do good. Wednesday before the game. That's about it. I gotta work Thursday. Yeah. You so, know what? You and your priorities, bro. I mean, the Bruins are on a three-game winning streak, and all you need to do is like make money to to live. I, you know, <laughs> you're not dedicated. Yeah. Not dedicated. Sorry, Bruins fans. Money is more important. Yeah, tell me about it. Try having a kid <laughs> that you know All about. Right, but, but Jason, so so that's Jason's prediction. Jason's dragging them to win. Which yeah, I think they I think they're gonna lose that one. I think they're gonna lose too. And I, I hate to say because I like the way Cassidy has started this era. I like the way, this is the way he's been playing. The Bruins have been playing. I just think it's tough coming off a bye. And when you have players going to Jamaica and not skating, like if they were able to practice. I would feel a lot better about it. Yeah, but they're not. So, so I'm. Gonna, I think they're gonna lose, and I think this this is a tough spot to be in. Yeah, this stupid bye week. Where By the way, they they only got one game left against Toronto. And only they, one. Oh, yeah, they played on the 20th of March. Let's no, I, thought, I thought it was two for some reason. Well, 20th of March, and then they got the other big games. They have is Ottawa. They got Ottawa a few more times. Uh, Philly, that's going to be a big one. Actually, you know what? Everyone in the conference is still in it, so all the, all conference games are huge. The only team, I, the only team I think that's kind of not going to be in it is Detroit. Detroit's starting to tail off, but oh, they, they might miss the playoffs for the first time like in a long time, like forever. Exactly, I think that's going to happen, unfortunately. And like, there's only the only thing is there, there's only two spots up for grabs though. Uh, the division. Like the third seed in the division in the wild card spot is going to be up for grabs. Cool. So the Bruins have the Bruins have two opportunities to get in, but like you said, Joe, they're going to be competing with like pretty much the whole Eastern Conference. Yeah. So as you said, this it is in their hands right now. So they luckily they put this three game winning streak together, and that you know Toronto's you know had lost a few games, so that you know they're not out of it yet, but. All I got to say is get, just give me a shot. Just give me a shot at the end. Now, you got me excited? Just play, try to play hard. Even if you guys don't make it, I'm okay with it because at least it's been – least it was – like the reason why we don't need to make a trade, we already did, We already got rid of the coach. Some change has happened. Let the change let, – let it ride. Let's see what goes on. So Jason just actually cued me, so I'm just going to do my blogger-palooza plug. Um, if you are a blogger, a podcaster about any of the four major sports teams in Boston – uh, if you're a journalism major or sports marketing major at one of the major schools around Boston or a smaller school or anywhere you, you know, junior, senior, because you have to be 21 plus, please come to Boston Sports Blog Palooza. Great place to network. You get to meet us three. Enough said. We're going to autograph. I think we're going to autograph um, paper plates. Uh, if you'd like to come by, we give away a few paper plates with a uh, with nothing on it. But that's it. Um, and then um, we're going to have uh, fanatics who actually uh, – Powers NHL shop and NFL shops. If you want to make money for your blog or your podcast, like we are going to hopefully do soon, um, you can uh, find out how to do that. We also have ShareASale, who's actually the, the affiliate marketing platform. Uh, we're going to have uh, a sound auction, so there'll be some Bruins items there as well as other sports items. 
We're also going to have Nick Gelsil, the godfather of CLNS Radio, that's nice enough to give us a platform to have our show on. He'll be talking about his rise to prominence. And uh, it's going to be a good time. They'll be on the 20. It is It is 21 plus, though, guys, just yes, for the heads sir. up. Yeah, yes, sir. And, and gals. If you're a gal and want to come, you're more than welcome to also. Yeah, I get my – maybe Mike's a single guy, it sounds like. Um, I, so, I actually am not a single guy, but you, you don't want to be – you don't want to be prejudiced. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm a – I'm a man. Of, I'm a man of uh, equal opportunity lover. I got exactly. you. Exactly. I feel you. <laughs> so it's, a, but, it's at the uh, March 25th at the Causeway. I'm going to put the uh, URL right in our beautiful chat, and uh, we hope to see you guys there. If you guys are fans and just want to meet the Papa, we'll let you in too. So exactly, uh, yeah, well, if you just want to just come and, and hang out with us, or you're more than welcome to come hang out with us too. We don't. We don't bite. Yeah. Right? Unless you ask us to. Yeah. Exactly. And if we breathe <laughs> heavily, that's what we do. Um, <laughs> Also, our good friend, our good friend Mark's gonna be there. Like you said, Nick's gonna be there. Uh, good opportunities to just meet and greet people. Um, I'm excited for it. I, I actually did sign up already, so I'm. So I remember the last time we talked, I didn't sign up yet, and you guys, you guys are giving me crap, but I'm signed up now. So. Yeah, yeah. You know, please tell your friends. Uh, if you are not a blogger yourself, and you know friends that are, please sp- spread the word. We want to really bang this out and have a great event. So uh, that's about it. And uh, thanks for another great show, gentlemen. A show of happiness and joy. Absolutely. You can uh, follow. Also, all on Twitter, I'm at Mike Seven Twenty Two. He's uh, at Jason Bucky Ninety One, and Joe is at Big Bad Bruins Eighty Eight. And then uh, you can also follow our personal account at Bruins Underscore Beat. I always retweet, uh, you know, CLNS uh, articles that some of our companions write, and also obviously we tweet about the the podcast links and stuff like that. And even if you don't agree with something that we said, and you want to just tweet at us, I usually always answer, and I'm always on Twitter. I know Joe's on Twitter a lot too. Um, too so much. No, never too much. So you can, if you guys want to just, you know, chat Bruins, we're more than happy to do that too. And uh, you can also find us on iTunes and Stitcher, right, Jason? Yes, you can find us on iTunes at Boston Bruins Beat Podcast. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, and on our CLNS radio apps. Absolutely, and we'll, we'll be back next week. Go Bruins. Go Bruins. Go Bruins. Cats meet forever. Forever.